It's this time again of the year. This is the Genretainment SFP Now Super Size Crossover episode of that we do every year, recapping all of our favorites. And uh, I am joined with, of course, SFP Now's Ian. Say hi. Hey, how you doing? Hey. And this year, we're also got our, our guests. I'm pretty sure they've been uh, they have been guests before. Uh, Jeff Burns from Super Geeked Up. Hey, everybody! Thanks for having me back. And author Catherine Dow. Hello. All right. Hi. <laughs> And we have, we can see each other, which you can't see. So, you know, Ian isn't doing cartoon voices suddenly. He just, he's got like a Yoda, baby Yoda uh, action figure thing. Shut the hell up. I, I feel, I feel very, it's a very warm welcome, Ian. Thank you. <laughs> well, just in case this is the first time you ever heard any of this, I guess we should introduce each other real quick. So I'm Mark Spile, co-host of Genretainment. Also a filmmaker, a writer, an author. And Ian, why don't you say a little bit about you? I'm Ian Cullen. I uh, run sci-fipulse.net. Uh, I'm also the occasional host of SFP Now, uh, given that we've only really done about four episodes this year. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's me. And over to, over to Jeff. Hey, I'm Jeff Burns, the host of Geeky Improv Comedy Show, Super Geeked Up. I'm also the writer-director of the superhero comedy uh, series Super Knocked Up, and I am a sci-fi fantasy author. Hi, I'm Catherine Dow. I'm the published author of several sci-fi and fantasy short stories and the unpublished author of several speculative fiction books, uh, <laughs> although that part hopefully will change at some point. <laughs> All right, awesome. So we're going to talk about our favorite movies TV shows, and also wrap it up a little bit with some book, graphic novel, comic book, video game kind of stuff. Catch all. So we're just going to kind of go in a little bit of order. We're going to do a few rounds, and I'm sure, you know, we're going to talk about all sorts of random things probably along the way. But uh, let's start off with Ian, with movies. With movies. Okay, well, I... Um... I, I put quite a few movies on here. I'm just going to look to the uh, my first pick. It's not necessarily my first pick. We're just doing it in, in this order uh, to, to sort of help each other out. Is a, a Michael Bay film that was released um, earlier this year called Ambulance, which was um, you know featured Jake Gyllenhaal playing a villain, um, which is actually quite rare for Jake Gyllenhaal because you don't see him play a villain very often. So. And, you know, he put in a pretty compelling performance. It was a, a huge car chase movie because it, you know, it was about a bank heist and that they escape in an ambulance. And uh, there's like, a, um, as, as always happens in America, I'm sure there's like a squad of about 60 or 70 police cars chasing this ambulance oh, yeah. um, or getting, getting doing aid in the middle of the road. It's just complete and utter mayhem, but it was just a, it was just a fantastic visual film to watch. Uh, you know, lots of frenetic action and, um, and 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 stunts and stuff like that with um, a plot that barely held together. <laughs> 
Sounds like a Michael Bay film. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> yeah. All together, just. <laughs> For some reason, when you talk about Michael Bay ambulance, I just keep saying a Transformer ambulance term. <laughs> that might have made it better, actually. <laughs> and not, again, not to uh, dish your choice in, because I I'm always, whatever people like, that's awesome. I was super excited for this movie and I couldn't get through it. Uh, here's the oh, thing. Yeah. Like, I like Jake Gyllenhaal a lot, but oh my God, he was so annoying in this movie to me. Like, he just, he was so manic and would never shut up and I just couldn't take him. Well, <laughs> I, 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 the thing that kept me interested, to be honest, was um, I had a huge crush on the paramedic. Oh, I liked her. You know, I, I, yeah. I definitely liked her. Um... I'm with you there. <laughs> So, so she she kept me she kept me in t- entertained for the full two hours, um, you know, doing her paramedic stuff, and you know, um, and and she yeah. put it her put professionalism it, kept you. Uh, kept you... Yeah. Her, her professionalism <laughs> kept me entertained, but she did put in a good performance. She was actually, um, you know, she gave as good as she got. Until... Oh boy, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Until okay, then... moving on. Yes, <laughs> I have not seen Amulets, so I can't. Uh, no comment. <laughs> Uh, moving on, this is another. Oh, wait, now we're going to move on to a different person. Yeah, Ian, right? let's move on to oh, a different person. Don't hog we'll it. Get back to you. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. Uh, I, I watched recently because it came out recently uh, Wakanda Forever, the second Black Panther movie. I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I think it's my favorite, um, pretty sure it's my favorite Marvel movie of the year. I liked how they balanced uh, kind of a uh, memory of Chad Boswick uh, and, and integrated into the story to, I think, enhance the story a little bit more, even so, uh, with the with the new, with his sister and everything and family. Did you say, Jeff? I'm sorry, Chad Boswick? Uh, no. Did I say that? <laughs> it's Chadwick Boseman. Right? Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> That's why I was like, I'm trying to figure wait, what did he just say? <laughs> A lesser known actor. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I liked how they balanced that and integrated into the story. I think it, it worked pretty well. I liked it. It really didn't even feel that much necessarily. I mean, obviously there's a lot of stunts and stuff, but it wasn't even so much a superhero movie as much as it could have been a sci-fi fantasy war type story, right? And Namor or Namor as a character that I do enjoy for the Marvel comics and so I like that we finally got him. And I think he's right now a fairly good mix of, you know, good guy, bad guy, uh, which he is in the comic books. He kind of sways both ways, depending on what, you know, his motivations are. I think the actor did a really great job with that character. I found it really interesting. They're very bold choice to change it from Atlantis to a new kind of fictional setting, uh, Mesoamerican background. Um, I think it, I can't remember the name of the, the city compared to Atlantis because it is, a, you know, but, uh, but the look of it was great. It still looked kind of reminiscent to the artwork of, of Atlantis in the comic books, like their costumes and stuff. Like it, I could kind of see, you know, where they took some references to it while making it Mesoamerican. So I, I just, I like that idea, what they did with it. I understand why, because they didn't want everybody just to compare it to Aquaman, you know, because Aquaman is, came out first, even though Namor came out first in the comic books. <laughs> and anyway, I thought it was a good, it was a good action flick. It was a nice ensemble cast, different characters, some great, some good performances in there. And uh, it was definitely, for me, it was my favorite of the Marvel movies this year. I actually think, I just saw it last week, actually. Uh, I actually think the Black Panther movies are probably some of the better MCU uh, movies out there. Um, yeah, I like this movie. I think they did a good job. Um, I agree with you. Like um, the Chadwick Boseman thing, I'll be honest with you. I actually cried at the end when his name came on the screen and like in dedication. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So uh, it was very well handled. The end scene and then the post credit scene is probably the best they've ever done. It was very touching. And it, they didn't do the thing where they where they have to usually do some other credit, post credit, where the tie into something else, which was appropriate, I think, to honor Chadwick yeah. Boseman's legacy. I think they so, said that's why they decided not to. I really appreciate Ryan Coogler, who's the director. I think he really can handle some nice, subtle, dramatic, like touch, poignant stuff along with all the action. So I'm impressed by that. Um, uh, I also like the the Namor was a cool take. You're right. Because I actually can't stand Namor in the comics. The character. <laughs> he can um, be tough sometimes, too. Like, he's just an asshole, I think. Uh, <laughs> I liked him in the movie. It was, yeah, it was, you know, it was a good choice. It ended on a really intriguing note, both with his character, but also with Wakanda and what's going to happen next. I, I don't know the comic books as well, so I don't know if it was a surprise to you guys, but I was very surprised that the new Black Panther, you know, didn't become queen after that she chose a different path for herself. Uh, but I liked that. I thought it was really interesting. I've not seen it yet. <laughs> Oh, no comment. Don't don't worry about it. You know? I take it all back. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about it because I would have forgotten about this conversation by tomorrow. Night. No, edit that out. <laughs> Uh, well, they did in the comic books. Not all this stuff happened to, in the same time or anything, but in the comic books, uh, Wakanda and Atlantis have fought before, and, mm. uh, and Namor and, and Black Panther don't like each other. <laughs> um, oh. So they've co- have conflicts before, and uh, so um, so I like how they they did you know use some of those elements. And she's I'm pretty sure she's become sure it was Black Panther has been Black Panther at some point. So. So they they took they took nice little cherry picked certain good elements and you know, worked it in there. I thought it was went in their own direction as well. Yeah, it's still it's yeah. an own direction and stuff. So, yeah. all right, moving on, Jeff. All right, number one on my list is the unbearable weight of massive talent, which is a movie with Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal. So it's about um, Francis Ford. It's, no, not Francis. It's about uh, Stanley Kubrick's nephew. What is it? It's about Stanley Kubrick's nephew. What? Was, well, Nicolas Cage is Stanley Kubrick's nephew, right? Oh. Okay. Like, what or, or is it Francis Ford Coppola's nephew? Not, not I, sure. I don't know. He, he, <laughs> That's he, not important to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is crucial to your review, Jeff. <laughs> I know, please. Who his relatives are. <laughs> anyway, it's Nick That's what it is. It's nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Nick Cage. Nepotism baby. <laughs> Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. Um, so this is a really super fun, like, you know, kind of satire on his own. He's playing like kind of a satirical version of himself, like an act, you know, an act where he's Nick Cage and he's not getting as much work anymore. And he's wondering about, or he should quit acting. So it's basically, it's Ghost Rider 1 and 2. All right. So I'm never getting through this review, apparently, because <laughs> uh, Ian won't shut up. <laughs> Even though it's my can favorite do it, film. Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Can you mute uh, Ian Marks? <laughs> You're muted, Ian. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but, uh, Pedro Pascal plays this like rich Spanish guy who wants Nicolas Cage to come to his birthday party and Cage winds up winding up doing it. Cause he's basically can't get any roles in this, in the movie. That's kind of the conceit. So, it, but it kind of becomes this super fun buddy action movie and about, and also about like Cage's thing with like how he's fame versus his family and stuff. Anyway, it's just, it's so much fun. Like, I'm a huge Nick Cage fan. I know some people don't like him, but if you've seen his movies, there's so much fun, like, reference to his past movies. Um, He and Pedro Pascal are just wonderful together. I'm a big fan of Pedro Pascal, too. They're so good as as a buddy team. 
Um, and it, I don't know, man. It's like it's great action, but it's just so fun. And and, and Cage is great in it, and he's great at making fun of himself in it. Um, so yeah, I actually just watched it again uh, a couple of days ago for the second time, um, and it's just as good. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. I highly recommend it. If you're if you like Nick Cage at all, I would definitely recommend this movie. Well, looking, I, I can sort of I'm sort of like on the fence. On the fence. Well, I don't know. If you like Nick Cage, see it. If you don't, then maybe not. No, what we mean by on the fence is that I can take or leave him. You know, there's some things I've seen him in where he's been good and there's other things I've seen him where he's not been so good. You know, if you know what I mean? It's like oh, yeah. thing like your feelings about Jake Jingenhall in Ambulance. <laughs> well, that's actually the only movie I don't like Jake Jingenhall in. Yeah. I <laughs> but yeah, but you know, Pedro Pascal is also awesome. So if you like him, you can also watch it for that. Yeah, he's great. He's everywhere. <laughs> he is. A, he's seriously everywhere. All right, next, Gather. Okay, uh, so I picked Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, to me, this film was so weird and so fun, but it also 100% threw me into an existential crisis after I watched it. <laughs> Uh, about the meaning of life and what it means to find happiness. Um, so it's for me, it was it was so amazing because it's really rare that I walk out of a theater completely agitated and and wanting to talk about a film. Usually I'll go and it's enjoyable. And even if it was moving, you know, maybe a brief conversation, but that's it. But this one, like I went with my spouse and we walked out of the theater having this incredibly intense conversation, you know, walking down the streets of New York City, like I was even, I had, you know, tears running down my face and we were arguing about what the film meant and, and uh, it was like super, super intense. But uh, fortunately we live in, you know, New York where nobody pays any attention if you're having a dramatic public conversation, <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, it's a film I'm still thinking about off and on, you know, a couple months later. So to me, I would say it's a, it's a really totally unique and, and really great film. It was very different um, yeah, with a lot my... of layers to it. I thought this is on my list too. This was actually from the moment I saw the trailer, this is my most anticipated movie of 2022 it's not my number one because it was much weirder than i thought it was going to be um <laughs> very eccentric <laughs> but i like it when they're both trying to jump up or jump onto something to be oh, I, hate, oh I hated that part <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, anyway it's one i've got to find time to watch yet yeah. you know i tried to watch it a couple of couple of months ago but the uh the first 10 minutes of subtitles um, I got fed of pushing pause on my VCR on, on my on my um my VCR. Know, wow, you have a VHS <laughs> copy of it? No, no, on my old on my system sort of thing. Um, because I I'm dyslexic, so subtitles are a pain in the ass for me. Ah, yeah. Um, you know, I hated it with Game of Thrones. Like every other minute, when 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 it was uh the dragon scenes and uh you know what's the name? I was like having to pause every every couple of seconds because subtitles were going wide too fast. Yeah. that would that would take the pleasure out of out of viewing for sure yeah. what i mean i do what i really appreciate about this movie though is that it did something different it took chances because i think i think that we're really lacking that in filmmaking nowadays like everyone wants to just do reboot sequels same thing but this movie did something totally different like anything else and even though it was weird at times i appreciated the filmmakers took chances they tried something new um, and also, uh, Michelle Yeoh has been probably my favorite actress for a very long time, ever since the 90s, when I, in her Hong Kong action days, I became a big fan. Super Cop was actually the first movie I saw her in. Um, there in Last Christmas, which is a, a really, you know, poorly received movie here in the UK. You know, with, um, what's her name in um, her from Game of Thrones? Amiga Clark. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, that's great. She's in that one, too. Yeah. I didn't know she was in that. Yeah. I didn't know she was in that. I think uh, this is easily, I think, Michelle Yeoh's best role ever, though, that she's been given. And it really shows her amazing acting ability. And 
how many different things she's able to do in this. And um, and uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, but her husband in this is shot round. Yeah, who's again from yeah. the Goonies? He's also uh, from the Goonies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he actually just won like best supporting actor in, in I don't know one of the Gotham one of the awards shows. Um, which is great because he was so good in this too. Um, and awesome action scenes, sequences, yeah. right? Too. Yeah. Like, it's good to see him back. Yeah, I love any multiverse, parallel universe, whatever type type of thing. That's my one of my niche interests. And uh, so I, I, as soon as I saw the trailer to it, I, like you, Jeff, it was like, I have to watch this movie. So um, I was very eager to watch it. Uh, it probably isn't, it wasn't my favorite. It didn't make my number one similar because it was kind of weird, <laughs> but, but it mostly was weird in a good way most of the time. And it actually, the weirdness reminds me of the kind of, like, to me, it feels like this decade's Buckaroo Banzai or, uh, or, uh, um, oh crap. What's it? Um, yeah. What are you trying to think of? Oh, oh no, I'm, I'm a truck driver, uh, weird Tokyo or, or Chinese China. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Big trouble in Little China. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I watched. I watched studying you this year. Yeah, yeah I, I do that too. Um, so, <laughs> uh, by the way, Ki Hui Kwan is the name of uh, uh, yeah. the husband. I may be mispronouncing that, but also yeah. known as Short Round from the uh, Indiana Jones and Temple. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was great. No, I was. I was really happy for him as a as an actor that that he was able to do this film actually because he you know he'd kind of dropped out of acting for a really long time and and uh, now he's back and it's 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 great. It's always great when that happens with someone's career. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and I like, I'm pretty sure this is an A24 film. I'm pretty it sure. Is. Yeah. It is. So A24 is great about that, right? Whatever genre it is, they do, they, they're a little weird and mm-hmm. they always, they usually always make you think a little bit. So, yeah. um, so I, I always, if it's A24, I'm always very curious to see what, what they're doing. And I, this is one of their best um, films overall so far. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's move on then. We're back to Ian. What's another okay, well, my, my second movie choice, uh, probably probably a little similar in 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 fact in fact that it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird for me anyway. It's not really a movie I'd normally go see or or, or check out. It's, it's kind of like a romance, sort of like a little bit about relationship sort of thing, and and there's no blood in it or go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as it goes for that, and it's called uh, everything. Uh, no, I'm gone. Sorry, it's called, it's called three thousand years of longing. Sorry, ah. and it's uh, Tilda Swinton. She plays um, an academic. Uh, she's an, she's what you, what they call. Uh, she 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 studies ancient stories, um, huh. and, and and she she's she's an expert in the study of ancient sort of like stories and narratives sort of thing. Oh yeah, and, this is a genie one, isn't it? Yeah, and she's basically yeah. on a on a tour uh, on an academic tour talking about various narratives, and she starts having these hallucinations, and um, it turns out that she's you know she's found she's she's found a vessel, um, a lamp or something that that produces a genie, which happens to be played by Idris Elba. Now, the reason I got this, because I was kind of curious to see how Idris Elba would play a genie. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, sort of, it's so against type for him, you know, from what, what you've seen him in, really, other than maybe for, you know, the four movies where he's playing Heimdall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually surprised me, because I, I didn't think I was going to, you know, it actually really surprised me. And um, it, it's basically, um, he gives her three wishes, and she refuses to accept them. And over the course of the film, she's getting his story um, of how he became a genie and uh, the other people that he's encountered where he's given them free wishes and, and how it all went wrong and, 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 and stuff like that. And it's, uh, it's really cool. And, you know, apparently he became a genie because he had his eye on the, on the Queen of Sheba. 
or something like that. And uh, she happened to be hooked up with this sorcerer who made it made, made him into a genie. Hmm. Um, and um, in order to escape from being a genie, he had to he, he had to grant someone three wishes. And you know, and you know, in 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 the story, he he's given her about the the people that he's met that that is grant that is granted wishes to. They've never got to the third one hmm. because something's usually happened to prevent that from happening. Sort of thing. It was it was actually a really really good, really surprising movie. Oh yeah, cool. I've actually never heard of that. I have seen the trailer, but have not watched it yet. All right, um, you're up, Marks. I'm up. I think my next one is Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, I didn't like it as much as Ragnarok. I think they they did dip a little too much into comedy, but um, but I did enjoy it overall. And I'm curious to see where they go with it from here, with the, this Thor story. I thought it was funny. Or with the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Natalie Portman looks pretty hot in armor. What's that? Natalie Portman looks pretty hot in armor. I see a theme here with Ian's comments. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I liked how they add some, you know, some of the other gods. It, it broadens the MCU universe a bit, um, potentially. And I, I think it's interesting that I feel like when Marvel first started or MCU first started, they they wanted to keep very sci-fi ish and stay away from the fantasy ish stuff. Like Thor was a space god. He was like he's just an alien who's kind of high tech and it's sort of like a god thing. But now we've gotten Doctor Strange. We're starting to get uh, other supernatural elements, like one, like um, uh, like the Darkhold and other stuff. And I and now they're just kind of like, yep, there's gods, you know. <laughs> and Christian Bale did a good job with the character he played. And um, you know, the original story in the comic book, I think, was 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 better overall. But you know, there's a lot of things you have to address and work into with the MCU continuity. So I think they they did a pretty good job overall balancing that out and uh, and even having a few surprises by the end. So and you know and, and it's, it was still very funny and it just was a little bit too funny sometimes, but uh, but I still enjoy it. Like all the Marvel movies, even the worst Marvel movie they've come out with, I still enjoyed at least. I didn't go give me my ticket money back. <laughs> That's not always the case with other certain movies. But <laughs> I I quite enjoyed it. But I agree with you. I think Ragnarok was actually the better movie of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody else have any thoughts on that one? I refuse to see any more Thor movies because I did not like Ragnarok. Oh, you didn't? Um, <laughs> my main issue here's the thing: it, they, anything drives me crazy when you take a character and you completely change how that character is just because for the fuck of it, basically, right? Um, like Thor, all of a sudden became a goofy comedian. Like I don't know, we have enough comedians in Marvel. Thor does not need to be one of them. Like. I don't know. He's kind of goofy in the first. Like one. the first two movies, it's just—it's a total 180 switch. He's a little and that goofy just, in I'm, the first one, and I'm not just, but not not to the extent he becomes with the Guardians and Ragnarok, right? Yeah. It just—I don't—I never buy that when they do I, that 180 switch. I think the I think the Guardians like smoke space weed, and they're just oh, gave okay. Him some maybe of that. that's the explanation. <laughs> that could explain it. You're right. All right, my number two is the movie Bullet Train. Um, this stars Brad Pitt as an assassin, um, and he's has to do this job to get this like case on a bullet train in Japan. Um, but all these other assassins wind up being on the plane, and they all have different things they're trying to do. Um, and so there's a multiple different storylines that all come together quite nicely at the end. Um, this uh, again, this is a really fun action movie. Uh, even though Brad Pitt playing assassin, like actually really likable uh in this movie um like he's kind of like a nice assassin <laughs> um he's not not trying to kill people he doesn't have to 
So um, he's great. The whole the whole cast is great. Like there's so many fun characters. These there's these duo called Tangerine and Lemon, just the names they go by, or this fun like kind of bickering assassin couple duo. Um, there's lots of uh, you know trying to figure things out. People who aren't what they seem, but overall, just like Brad Pitt really carries this man. Like he's just he's fun. The act the, again, it's it's like a fun action movie. Like you know. Um, and, uh, and the actresses are done really well too. So, uh, I really enjoyed this. Um, it's on Netflix now, actually. Um, so if you had, didn't get a chance to check it in theaters, you can catch it over there. Um, but yeah, it was a very, very fun movie. Cool. I'm the only one who's watched my top two movies here. <laughs> I, uh, no, I saw that one too. I, oh, you did? It was great. Yeah, it was great. Okay, cool. The Tangerine, what were they called again? Tangerine and Orange or? And no. Lemon. Tangerine and Lemon. That's it. Tangerine and Lemon. They really reminded me of Guy Ritchie characters, kind of. Mm-hmm. The, the, the dialogue, <laughs> the cleverness, the, uh, the you know, teamwork. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was a really fun film. Agreed. Cool. Absolutely. I, I haven't seen it yet, but the trailer looks good. And I did see that it was on Netflix. So, and I'll probably watch it. Where's the rank with John Wick? I finally saw John Wick. I never actually seen John Wick until recently. And I went through all three movies really fast. <laughs> did you? So I still haven't. I've only seen the very beginning of John Wick. Did you, you, you enjoy them? I'm going to take it. Yeah, did you watch uh, all yeah, three? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot. Of, it's really weird, John Wick, because you think it, it's just, it's kind of simplistic in some ways. But they have interesting characters and they have because there's so many fight scenes, you think it would be really we old, right? But it's like they just do it in really weird, creative ways that you're just kind of like, whoa, and you just kind of keep with it. And by the time it's done, you're like, oh well, that was that kept me entertained the whole time. Wow. And and then you're always curious about what's gonna happen in the next chapter. So Keanu Reeves is a likable guy too. So he's not oh, yeah, I love Keanu Reeves. He's not super polite, you know, but, <laughs> but he's a nice guy in a movie. Um lots of headshots too though. My cat enjoys a bit where the dog gets shot. She she ring like that. You know? Oh no, I hate that. I hated that. I saw that. Loved a bit where the where where the dog got, dog got kicked to death. I think at the beginning of the first film was it? Well, you got to get motivated. He kills a lot of people. You gotta he he's got to have a good reason to do that. Yeah, well, open, open the dog. It's not just about the dog. Okay, his wife died too. That his wife gave him that dog. His deceased wife. Oh, uh, okay. Everyone forgets about her. They just remember the dog. They always do. They always forget. I'm like, you know, he didn't actually have the dog that long. It was really more about the symbolism. Wait, isn't the wife, isn't the wife, is the wife already dead at the start of the movie? Yeah. 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 It starts off, his wife dies. She left him this dog, like it ordered this dog from, because she knew he needed someone to love and stuff. And because he used to be an assassin or something. And she just was, died from like an illness, right? Yeah. 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 And so, but then of course, these Russian mafia punk people, whatever, like decide they want to steal his car. So they also took his car too. So I mean, just like a trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's like a country western. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I, mean, I I've not seen Bullet Train yet, but I've seen all three of the John Wick movies, and um, I did enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, they're. I mean, it's just uh, I don't know why they're enjoyable with that. And Halle Berry's an actress, like in the third movie, she's an actress that you know I I don't dislike or anything. She's been good in some stuff, but sometimes she's kind of bland in some stuff too. But I really liked her character in that one, and she has she has dogs too that that, that are well trained <laughs> killers or attackers. <laughs> and the fight scene with like the dog is just by like animal rescue, yeah, <laughs> and, or something. Yeah, I mean, there's a scene there with the dogs and gun shooting, and the dogs like partnering up with her and commands and attacking people. And it's like I've never seen anything like that before. So you know, they're really creative in their action scenes. Yeah, I, I introduced my sister to it earlier this year because my sister and I, my sister likes the Mission Impossible movies. 
Um, so I kind of thought, well, got to introduce something a little bit different. So I introduced it to John Wick. Mm. Um, yeah, well, I, I kept there's a short story in the anthology, the recent anthology tells a monstrosity. I kept saying it's John Wick meets Urban Fantasy. But, and then I'm like, you know what? Actually, I've never seen John Wick. So maybe I should actually watch John Wick. <laughs> Wait, I'm just going by the story? trailers. <laughs> Is this your own story, you mean? Yeah, my own story. <laughs> that's, that's funny. You could have just amended it. It's like the trailer of John Wick. It's like with... the trailer of John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I've seen John Wick, so yeah. There's less headshots, but it's still it's still relevant in many ways. Mm. Anyway, I'm sorry. I totally off. I all got us off the track, totally. What, what's, uh, where are we at? What's going on? You picked uh, Bullet Train. Right. Right? right? Yeah, we're I, a cat. I get us on, on track by saying and not seeing Bullet Train. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you, Catherine? Uh, I my second choice was Prey. Yeah. Um, so I chose it because I I always enjoy coming of age stories and I like stories that center women. Uh, but I also appreciated that it was a film that uh, centered the adventures of Native American characters without introducing a, a random white character to tell the story through, you know, which is what Hollywood has done with a, a lot of films in the past. You know, if you think of like Dances with Wolves or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, so this this was uh, I'd say this is a pattern that's changed in terms of how they tell stories. Um, but it's just also just a really great action film um, and sci fi action film and a lot better than um, it, it's probably after the first one uh it's probably my favorite of, of all the of all that series yeah i i agree i also put prey on my list um and uh, i agree it's probably the second best predator movie that i've ever made uh but then again the bar wasn't really that high for that right <laughs> there's that too <laughs> but but so. this movie yeah it's on my list too this movie totally deserves praise that you guys are giving it um, yeah it's great like i was so happy with this movie you're right like they finally once again did a really awesome predator movie uh, I agree with you, Kat. Like, I've always felt that Native Americans are like the most underrepresented in, in media. Um, so it was great to see like basically the whole movie is about Native Americans. And 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 the, um, the, the protagonist, she's again, she's a great protagonist. You really want to root for her. Her brother is great, too. Like, again, like yeah, you really want to so root for these characters. And, and they have a nice brother sister bond, too. Um, they do do that that's one of the things i really liked about it that that friendship um and also how he yeah he had that pattern of really you know kind of mentoring and sticking up for her as she's trying to figure out where she fits you know exactly but also but also like the action's done really well too yeah like, right it's easily after the, i mean the first predator just like has such a classic place in my heart but right easily, that's, <laughs> it's that's hard to be rational about yeah. it yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the little Easter egg as well. I mean, they they had a little Easter egg in there to Predator Two with the uh with the hand with the old vintage handgun with the date inscribed on it that that that, that gets handed to her at the end. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's handed to her or if she finds it if they just leave it for her. I'm not sure because I'm, I've only seen the film once. I've not actually revisited it yet. Mm. Um, it, it was an old style sort of like um, handgun. You well, know. it's a gun of the time period it's in, mm. right? So or you think it's even older? Pre, kind of, kind of predates the Wild West sort of oh, thing. Okay. Sort of like a, oh, right, yeah, know, yeah, from earlier. It's sort of like handgun things. Yeah, I have not seen it yet, and it's not because I want to. I just, I don't know. I just kept. I guess I got. John, I watched John Wick. <laughs> but, uh, watch, it's, it's, it's on Hulu. Yeah, I know. I, I have it on my list. I'm going to watch it probably this this holiday break. I'm going to watch it. I just haven't. It's on Disney here in the UK. Just to just to say that, um, and also, um, unfortunately, Bugget Train isn't on Netflix here in the UK as yet. It's mm. still still being sold to us. Uh, are rented out to us on on Amazon. 
Hmm. But yeah, I, I just looking at trailer, I, I can definitely see the potential of it being the second best one. <laughs> That's how low grade the other ones are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and I think it's great that we're seeing more Native American actors getting the starring roles and stuff. Like uh, I've been watching Dark Winds on TV, and that's it's all Native American cast or mostly. And, oh. Uh, Dark Winds? I think it's called Dark Winds. I hope I'm not missing. I gotta look, I gotta look this I'm up. not greatest with names, but I'm pretty sure it's called. It's a like murder mystery thing. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so I'm glad to see that, you know, we're getting more and more. Or we're getting a lot more diversity, actually. All of these movies, some of these movies we're talking about are very nice and diverse. So It is called Dark Winds. Yeah, it's really good. If you like murder mystery. Two Navajo movies. police officers in the 70s. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Cool. That actor, I, I don't remember his name, but he's the main sheriff or main uh, uh, cop there. The main star says Zach McLaren. I don't know if that's it. He uh, plays Joe Leaphorn. He was in Lawnmire also. He was really okay. great in that. So Lawnmire had some really great, really good Native American actors in that too. Um, anyway, so let's start back. back. To Ian. Oh, yep, back to Ian. Last round. So oh, last round for the movies. For uh, the movies. I'm going to go with, uh, this is actually quite a recent one. It's, uh, I can never enunciate his name. It's uh, G- yeah, uh, El Toro's Pinocchio. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I just love the uh, stop motion animation um, and the style of animation in it, and I love the sort of like the slight change in the storyline, how they've done it against the backdrop of Mussolini's Italy mm-hmm. sort of thing, and uh, the little bit of the ad to it where he kind of joins the the Italian version of the of of the Hitler Youth, only it's probably the Mussolini Youth <laughs> sort of thing. I just saw like uh, enjoyed enjoyed the heck out of that film, and, and I liked the way his nose grew, where where you actually tree branches growing out of his nose, um, and and not the Disney-fied pure pure as driven snow nose just growing sort of thing. Mm. It just saw like um, it kind of remind me more. It's probably probably a little bit more in line with the with the actual grim tale of Pinocchio in terms of the the visual style and everything. And, and you know, I just liked the film. But it was really really well done. Nice. I haven't watched it yet, but I love the Toro stuff, so I'll be checking it out. Either one of you watch it? I have not. Not yet. All right. Something else for us all to check out. Um. So I think my next, my last, I'm, I'm gonna do a tie. Oh, uh, sneaky, getting around. Because <laughs> I like them for different reasons, but I think I should mention at least. Well, let me let me say the one I like better is the Batman. So it's very important. The Batman. It's like well, the Suicide Squad. You put you put duh in front of it. What, what if is the sequel going to be called All Batman? <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, 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 although it ran a little long, I think the, there's some pacing issues in that movie. I, I did enjoy it cinematically quite well. Uh, and, and it was an interesting different take on Batman with the detective element of it all. So I think there's there's some stuff I would have liked to have done a little differently, but it's it's the most interesting Batman I've seen for a little while. And, and I was very surprised that the actor of Twilight fame was... Robert Pattinson. Yep, he did such a great job uh, for a troubled Batman <laughs> haunted I thought, batman i thought zoe kravitz was pretty good as catwoman oh, oh yeah she was great too as catwoman i mean and uh what you call it is is pigwin um well yeah robert Pattinson had practiced crouching outside bella's windows in twilight so he could crouch as batman on top of buildings <laughs> exactly <laughs> it, was actually, it was actually filmed over here in the uk that it was actually filmed in liverpool they actually dressed up parts of the albert docks and like gotham city oh nice uh, because my uh niece attends university in Liverpool and she was kind of like while she was well and it was happening while everyone was in lockdown uh-huh. and she was kind of like uh sneaking out to to, to sort of like uh you know watch you know watch the film being filmed although she wasn't interested in the film being filmed I think it was Robert Pattinson <laughs> probably yeah 
Yeah. It's like, can you can you just stare at me in, in my bedroom? <laughs> no. In a very stalker-esque way. In a very stalker-ish, <laughs> stalker way. Um, but I thought it was a pretty good movie overall. It's and they're gonna do a whole franchise thing, so it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with that. So um honorable mention, um, just because although that is a DC movie, isn't it? So anyway, uh, another DC movie too, I guess, is Black Adam. So that was my other second favorite, I guess, movie. It wasn't you know, I don't know. You know, maybe I, like, just... I thought it was pretty good. I like yeah. Black Adam. I like The Rock and the actor who plays Hawkman from Leverage is, is oh, an actor. That's where he's from. He was great yeah. as Hawkman. Yeah, he was great. Otis Hodge. Otis Hodge. Yeah, he's great as Hawkman. I thought he was the best live action Hawkman we've had yet. And uh, and and I'm I would see a movie with just him as Hawkman probably. <laughs> I, too, I would too. Supposedly it was going to be, but who knows now with all the uh, who knows. But if they if they do reboot <laughs> that, I hope they bring him back as Hawkman because I think they cast him perfectly for it. He was great. I would. By the way, I was super excited. One of my favorite DC characters is Doctor Fate, and you never get to see him in live. I know, action. right? He was good, and yeah. I really liked the way they. I think they did a good job with Doctor Fate. In this yeah. movie. I was so excited to see him. Yeah, those two were were spot on, and I mean Black Adam was was good for his for the character too and it was nice to see justice society and stuff it just it was distracting like well how's it fit in the rest of the universe we've seen it doesn't really you know yeah, <laughs> just kind of ignore, ignore that yeah that's right <laughs> if you ignore that it's still enjoyable i hope they find a way i hope they do a soft reboot uh, and and still keep it somehow in there mm-hmm. and, uh, and and stuff so because i know as many of you have seen probably james gunn and and uh the other guy <laughs> peter saffron i think but i keep saying that to the other guy yeah everybody's like james gunn and the other guy <laughs> They're rebooting everything. Henry Cavill's not going to be Superman anymore, blah, blah, you know, so it's, there's everything's kind of up in the air. So, but I hope they find a way to save the stuff from this movie because I think it's worth, you know, having those characters and other stories later. So, uh, all right. Who's next, uh, Jeff? All right. Last one for me is the Netflix film Enola Holmes 2. So this is the sequel to first Enola Holmes came out a couple of years ago. It's based on a series of books. Enola Holmes is the fictional uh, sister of Sherlock Holmes at this, uh, I wish I knew the author's name right now. I can't think, oh, Nancy Springer. There it is right there. Um, Came up with, um, and Millie Bobby Brown from um, Stranger Things fame plays her. Um, My my favorite role that she's played. Um, She's just an absolute delight in this movie. Uh, Enola Holmes is like this, uh, she's like, I guess, late teens or maybe early twenties in this movie. Um, and, uh, in this sequel, she's formed her own detective agency because like Sherlock, she has amazing deductive skills. Um, and, and in this one, she's trying to help find a missing girl. Um, and, uh, yeah. And speaking of Henry Cavill, he plays Sherlock Holmes in these two movies and he, and he's awesome. It's uh, Sherlock Holmes is my favorite fictional character. And I think it's a really awesome version of that character. I think um, it's kind of meh, to be honest. All right, Ian, save your comments. Not <laughs> on. Seriously, I cannot get through a review without Ian interrupting. <laughs> and it's only me he interrupts. <laughs> um, well, comedy value, you see. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, yeah, so, but I, I think he was great. The She's awesome. And uh, but it's just so fun. They do, um, they do the fourth wall breaking in this movie, mm-hmm. but they do it perfectly. Like she talks to the audience. It's great. Um, it's so much fun. Like there's an art to this because the series She-Hulk, I think did not do this well uh, at all. And the fourth wall breaking, but this movie does it perfectly. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a great, it's a really great story, a mystery, great acting. It's fun. Um, so yeah, I, if you, I mean, both movies, you can see both of them on Netflix. If you haven't seen the first one, highly recommend them. Uh, it's a really cool cast too. 
And uh, it's, it's a fun new take on the Sherlock Holmes mythos. It has a fun twist to it as well, doesn't it? The, the, the All right, don't give it away. Don't, give it away. <laughs> don't be like me. <laughs> it has a fun twist to it. Yep, just leave it at that. Fun twist. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I have not seen it yet, but I do have it on my list to watch. After the way, pray, th- this though. is after pray. This should be the name of this episode. I haven't seen it yet because that's what Mark says after every movie we mention. <laughs> what have you been doing yet? That's because I've been watching all the TV stuff. It's my TV list. Is you huge, do have right? a long TV list, that's true, <laughs> which I will not cover all of it. But um, so, anybody else have anything more to say about that one, or do you want to go, Catherine? You ready? Sure, last pick? sure. Uh, my last pick was or third pick is no. Uh, so. Okay. Okay, this fine. You don't film. have to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will not share. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the sequel called? Maybe. Right. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, but yeah, with this movie, I went in assuming it was going to be horror, uh, but it was really more of a mashup of Western thriller mystery sci-fi you know all kinds of stuff um it was really emotionally raw i thought very creepy kind of scary uh but for somebody who's a bit wimpy like me not overwhelmingly scary just just enough um and really good characterization again with this one so what i liked about it was it part was i went into it expecting one thing and it it turned out to be something totally different it really surprised me so i i loved that about it i I just thought it was a solid film very unique uh but quite good so yeah Yeah, i enjoyed it too i like jordan pill Phil's films and um uh and I thought I was surprised too by by the direction he went with it and thought it was pretty good too. What's your take on the photo the the TMZ type guy, the motorcycle with the weird helmet thing? Like what was up with that? Do you remember? Like, was like what happened to him? Or well, I mean, what was up with the outfit? It's like <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> it's like are they just trying to trick us to make us think maybe he's an alien or something? It was weird. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i thought that was a, a really good movie too and it's a little less you know i like smart horror movies more than like gory stuff you know like yeah nothing the psychological against, thriller kind yeah, of yeah nothing against x or, or like terrifier 2 and stuff like that you know nothing against those necessarily but you know i'd rather get more psychological type horror or explore yeah. themes yeah yeah that's more that's more my taste as well either one of you watch it nope. i have not nope <laughs> i just like i like the title can be so many jokes though like you want to see a movie this weekend nope nope <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on to you know let's save tv for the end oh save the best for last huh? yeah because i think we can go through the books graphic novel comic book video game thing pretty quick so uh so ian if you want to start us off with some of your picks real quick cause... okay well this one's um it's first on my list um it's only three on my list and this one's uh it's a it's a book it's very new. It's called Earth Divers. It's uh, done by IDW, and it's about um, a group of Native American people who concoct a plan. It's set in the it's set in the future, so it's set in the twenty one hundreds, I think. And it's about a group of Native American people um, living in a barren wasteland called America, and they concoct a plan to prevent America from happening by sending one of them back to fourteen ninety two to assassinate Columbus. Mm, mm, interesting. And, and it's uh, it's really interesting because it's playing around with the idea of time, and uh, the the time travel device it isn't isn't a machine as such. It's basically a cave where you have to go into it naked and turn you know, and and think about where you wanting to go in time and it transports you back through time. Oh, the classic naked time traveling. Yeah, yeah. Like, Terminator. Terminator. Um, and, and, and the artwork's really vivid. So, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> it helps if you've had a few drinks before you read it so, you, so, you, so your eyesight... I mean, that, 
Not too many drinks where you take off your clothes and run down the street going, I'm traveling through time. <laughs> Wait a minute, Ian. Is that why you like it? Because there's so much nudity in the comic? <laughs> oh, no, no. There's only nudity when they're time traveling and there's not very much time traveling going on. Oh, too bad. Um, but it's, a, it, it, it's a fun comic. It's a fun read. It's I'm, I'm, I'm kind of up to issue um, three of it now that I've just finished. And let's see, um, the artwork's by David uh, Gian, uh, I can never enunciate the names, uh, Gian, Gian Fergus and uh, Joanna uh, Nafuente. Um, that sounds about right. Um, and um, it's written by Stephen Graham Jones. And it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a really intriguing book so far. I'm up to issue three. So, you know, I'm quite, quite enjoying that. Um, I'm quite enjoying the uh, the fact that they're trying to figure out the consequences of this guy's actions in the present day. Like there's, there's a a group of them have gone to the library to read a history book to find out whether he succeeded or not, and they 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 um, kind of get interrupted before they can do that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's um it's a fun read. Cool. Why don't you just briefly talk about the other two picks, and then we'll move on. Oh, the other two picks. Um, well, I picked most of the Star Wars comics that Marvel were doing because they've been doing a kind of a follow-up to um, Solo, a Star Wars story, where they're featuring the Lady Quera, or, or Quera um, who Han who, who Solo was involved with for a time, and she's kind of like leading the Crimson Dawn in, in, in the plot to try and assassinate the Sith Lord, um, hence um, Emperor Palpatine, and... Um, you know the the um the current arc is um they found this sort of like ancient relic which imprisons um the Sith and uh that they're, they're using it to to try and sort of like um I'm not sure if they're trying to capture the you know Palpatine with it because he's already a Sith in 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 the cage sort of thing but they're using it to to try and lure him lure him out sort of thing it's a, it's a really interesting book um it's got some really interesting new characters in it such as the archivist who sort of like um. She's kind of like um, neither uh, neither Sith nor nor Jedi, but she's kind of force sensitive, but sort of like uh, studied has studied the Sith and the and and the Jedi and and all the Rangics. So she's kind of like an interesting uh, character uh, to it. Um, anyway, that that's um, that that's sort of like going on been going on. It's been tying into all the Star Wars books as as this Crimson Dawn story arc, um, and it's um, I think it's. I think we've had crimson rain and um we're now up to you know crimson something else <laughs> i'm not very good at explaining it but they, they've kind of like uh, they've kind of crossed the stream sort of thing because it's kind of had influence on on pretty much most of the star wars comics um this year and it's been a really interesting uh arc. and my final one is uh called the british paranormal society and that one is um I'm gonna sort of see if I can look up my review on the on the site here. <laughs> that one is kind of like um, Mulder and Scully, but set in a different time period, and um, it's kind of set, um, I'd say, sort of like 19th century, maybe early 20th century, sort of thing. And um, it's about two paranormal investigators, and uh, they're visiting this uh, rather strange British town. Um, Isn't that all British towns really? No, these. But this one, and, and they they find a cult within the town, and they're they're looking for you know they're looking for his lost friend, and uh, they find that his lost friend's been 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 taken over by this cult, and they're they're investigating this cult. Um, I read up to issue three of it. Um, I only purchased issue four. 
uh, last night because uh, basically um, I used to purchase my comics and the, I used to subscribe through 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 uh, Comicsology, mm-hmm. but because Amazon has taken over Comicsology and messed everything up in this country, um, mm-hmm. in England, um, us, in, us British, we can't subscribe to comics anymore. Hmm. So what? you can't yeah. use Comixology in Britain. Well, well but basically, Amazon has, ta- has made it so you cannot subscribe to your comics. So hmm. instead of subscribing to Star Wars, I have to search around and pre-order every issue that's actually yeah. coming into print. So it's more, it's made it more time-consuming for me. Whereas when it was just Comixology before Amazon took it over and fucked it up, excuse my French, um, you know, I could just subscribe to to a comic and I get every issue when it came out, whereas now I have to look for shit, you know, um, and um, and Amazon are not showing any signs of changing the policy as of yet, but British Paranormal Society, I'm quite enjoying it because it's kind of like got an X-Files vibe, but sort of an early 20th century, late 19th century, sort of like X-Files vibe and different cool. second. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, talking about Star Wars, I, I read some of those. And Dr. Aphra is one of my favorites. So it's a character I like to see pop up in uh, live action. All right, so we talk a little bit about my picks real quick. Um, something new, at least new for me, um, I'm on volume five now of the graphic novels, is Something is Killing the Children. Um, and it's um ongoing comic book series published by Boom Studios. And it um, basically it starts off in this small town, Archer's Peak, where children are being are going missing, and 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 ones that do return have terrible stories. At least this one, this one boy does, and uh, it's basically these monsters that only the kids can see. And uh, there's this house of basically monster hunters, and this uh, girl Erica Slaughters from uh, is portrayed by them basically as a monster hunter, and she's come to town to try to kill these monsters. Um, <clears throat> So it's got some pretty cool scenes, very cinematic. It's it uh, mystery unravels over time, and monsters are pretty freaky, and and uh, the whole uh, house of slaughter is an interesting take on monster hunters. Um, love to see it as a TV series, and actually, as I just was looking it up, I see that it got optioned by Netflix. But who knows if they'll, if they'll move forward or not? But so might be a good cool cool series at some point. Netflix is kind of the kiss of death of late because they they seem to be getting stuff and canceling it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they're the new Fox. They pretty much well, and they just canceled a Monster Hunter type thing, right? With Warrior None. So you know, they canceled uh, Book Crew Banzai. They canceled Warrior None, which I'm pissed off about because I love that show. Yeah, it's a, it's sad they did that. They didn't have advertise warrior none at all either so it's kind of setting up for yeah they they keep on doing that to me i'll get into a show i'll discover it maybe a little late i get into it and just to find out that it's over already yeah (laughs) it's tragic yeah it's gonna it's gonna bite them in the long run if not careful especially sci-fi fantasy fans like you don't want to you don't get into a series if it never if it ends on a cliffhanger or something right right they don't even warn the writers so they you know i know well we saw that same producer as continuum oh yeah but but they got to do one thing i have to say that was good with cw um i mean there's a lot of good stuff cw i like a lot of the shows but i always felt like they they always tried really hard when they were going to cancel a show to give that you know some warning to the showrunners and stuff usually there's not a lot of except last year well yeah but they got bought out right so that's the whole thing so Um, you know, but up till then, like you had really, you had long running shows or you had shows that at least got a chance to wrap up and everything. And I think that's why, that's why I gravitate towards CW so much probably. Cause I felt like, well, 
no matter what the show you know will lead somewhere probably or at least not end on a mm. cliffhanger probably and, so. and then you've got the flash that's been running for nine seasons when it should have really just been running for nine seconds <laughs> oh ouch oh. that's a major diss <laughs> The Flash used to be my favorite show. I haven't watched it in years, but it yeah, kind of I haven't watched the last couple of seasons. All right, let me let me quickly do my wrap up on here and see. Um, the other one I picked is a graphic novel called Buffy: the The Last Vampire Slayer, where they fast forward to a Buffy that's about in her fifties, and uh, and uh, I'm not exactly sure where it fits in the continuity. If it's like moving forward from the comic books that grew like in season eight, nine, ten, and stuff, or if it's something new from from that that studio um but anyway but i thought it was interesting to take to take this character who's kind of older it's kind of almost like old man logan in some ways and who uh kind of has to train a new slayer and uh and who happens to be not too big of a spoiler because it's in the first issue uh is, is willow's daughter so which is the second thing i've read now that has willow's daughter as a slayer so <laughs> i feel like there's a there's, there's a desire to do that apparently um, so that was a really interesting graphic novel too. All right. A uh, book I'm reading right now is called Waxing On the Karate Kid and Me by Ralph Macchio. And it's all about his time making the Karate Kid movies. Um, and uh, so the original Karate Kid is one of my kind of like, it's very, you know, nostalgic in my heart. Uh, I love that movie. And uh, the book's been very enjoyable so far. Um, I like it that he's very humble in his telling of what happened. Um, it's also he's it's, he's very like kind in the way he talks about his fellow actors. It's particularly with uh, his friendship with Pat Morita. You can see how important that was to him and and how close they were. Um, and uh, so that was really enjoyable to read. The parts I am not enjoying as much is for many people. I'm sure it'll be great. There's a lot of references to the current Cobra Kai series, which makes sense. I just happen to have a loathing for that show. Um, so really? I want to hear. I just want to hear about the. Older Karate Kid stuff, not the terrible bastardization of it, in my opinion, even though I know it's very popular and many people. That's a, Yeah, that's a minority opinion. That's oh, I know. It. I, have, I have many minority opinions when it comes to entertainment. I'm actually yeah. surprised how much I agree with you guys today uh, with other stuff. But um, not on that one. I have no problem having minority opinion uh, on things. Um, yeah, anyway, I won't get into that because if you love it, that's great. But anyway, but I mean, the good, I guess the good news is no matter what you like, you're going to, you'll find something in this book that he talks about with stuff because he ties plenty of the stuff into the current things as well. Unless you just hate Karate Kid, then don't. Well, that, you're right. You know, if you totally hate all Karate Kid, then don't get the book. Uh, you don't want this book. I, um, I thought one and two were great. Uh, the third, oh, three. He even admits in the book that three is not a good movie at all. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I haven't got to that part yet until he's he's talking about that, but he kind of just references it briefly. Anyway, so that's the one book. Uh, my other ones are going to be video game mentions. Uh, a game that just came out recently is a Marvel game called Midnight Suns. Um, Midnight Suns, I actually looked up earlier today. I did not read it, but it was a comic storyliner series uh, originally with Blade, Morbius, and Ghost Rider. Yeah, that's good. Uh, oh, you read it, Marks? Yep, read it back in the day. Okay, you liked it? All right, cool. <laughs> Yeah, Nick um, Cage wasn't in it, by the way. No, well, it would have been much better if he was. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this is uh, Midnight Suns, the game with uh, Blade and Ghost Rider. There are no Morbius, but other a lot of other cool characters. And they and you play this character called the Hunter, which you create this character, what he or she looks like. Um, mm -hmm. And it's an, a tactical RPG. But they bring in other characters that are not part of the Midnight Suns, like Iron Man, Spider-Man, uh, Doctor Strange. So you get to have all these different characters. You choose different ones for different missions on your team. And it's actually really fun because it's, it's tactical RPG. So you're on this like space and you play different cards that do different powers. So is it kind of like turn-based? 
19. Yes, it's these are the makers of XCOM. If anybody's played that, um, but it's it's kind of turn it is turn based, but you instead of choosing things, you play cards. Like each card has a different power or ability, um, and but it's super fun. Like I didn't actually didn't think because I didn't really play a lot of tactical RPGs, at least, but it's awesome. It's really enjoyable. Um, the writing is really good. Like they really capture these characters like well. I think like th these guys know their comics and the characters. Um, my favorite character is actually Niku Minoru, who, if you either read Runaways or watched the Hulu series Runaways, she's one of the mm. characters on there. Mm -hmm. And what I really like, I, I discovered this today, the actress from Runaways, Lyrica Okano, plays her in this game as well. Cool. Mm, cool. So I think that's, and she's my favorite character in the game. She's so much fun. Yeah, I quite uh, enjoyed Runaways. Yeah, I watched the first season. It was cool. Um, but all the cast, like Iron Man, Spider-Man, those actors, I don't know who they are. I haven't looked it up, but they, like, they're, they're doing a really good job, I feel, all the actors in the game. So if you're a Marvel fan or an RPG fan, you can check out Midnight Suns. Last game is not new at all, but it's new to me. I just started playing a couple months ago. It's a game I never thought I would like, and I'm obsessed with it now. It's Fortnite, which is one of the most popular games in the world the last few years. Um, never heard of it. it. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, well, that, that, that's, you're right. I've never, I haven't seen it yet, right? <laughs> that's your thing. So it sounds like you're, you, you've fallen down the trap that I've fallen down, Jeff. Um, you know, you've fallen down it with Fortnite. I've fallen down it with Rocket League. Oh, Rocket League! Yes, I have not played that, but that's a very popular you know? one. Yeah. You know, so like I've been, I've been, been playing pairs and threes, and I'm obsessed with ranking up and getting my mechanics better and my gameplay better and stuff. I like know, that. right? Yeah, yeah, Fortnite too. I want to keep ranking up. Um, but yeah, you know, what? it's a game that's been very good about Fortnite reinventing itself. Like they just introduced a new chapter, which is a whole new world. I can't believe how many licenses this game has. There's Star Wars characters, Marvel characters, DC characters. Um, this season, Geralt of Rivia from The Witcher is going to be a character you can play. So they're like constantly bringing in all these characters. And while it is free to play, it is very good at getting you to spend money to buy other skins and characters. Um, so anyway, that's that's my three. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay. I picked three books. Uh, so the first was a book that came out this year called When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill. Uh, it's a it's a fantasy, kind of a more in the urban fantasy side. Um, it's about rage. It's about seeking out your destiny even when it takes away from the role you think you're supposed to play or the person you're supposed to be so it's it's um it's a little bit sometimes you almost feel like the author you can almost tell the author is working through stuff <laughs> through this book <laughs> but but i thought it was really good i thought it was really beautifully written so that's the first one and then the other two are books that are not uh new uh in terms of 2022 but they're new to me so i wanted to add them um the first one is called hollow kingdom by Kira Jane Buxton. It's um, it's kind of an end of the world apocalypse type story, but it's uh, the main character is it, like all the main characters are animals, mm. um, and it's really unique and it's very clever, um, and it's it's just a cool book. Um, nice. Yeah, and uh, kind of a zombie apocalypse sort of thing, except it doesn't affect the animals, I guess. Um, and then the third one is is an older book, but um, discovered it recently by Terry Pratchett called Monstrous Regiment, and it's a um, satire um, about you know war in the military and stuff like that, and it's just really clever and fun. So I wanted to throw that one in there. Cool. Yeah. I like the the zombie apocalypse or perspective of animals. Yeah. Yeah, it's really unique. It's it's great. I think you would actually really like that one. Uh, I need to check it out. Yeah. All right. Now let's we're finally to the TV. Okay. So is it repeat same order again, me first? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. TV. Um let's see. Um well everyone's mentioned Strange New Worlds and, and stuff like that. I'm gonna mention the ones that no one else has mentioned. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to start off with something quite festive, The Santa Clauses, which is a really fun show. It's 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 meant for kids that are uh, that are very old, kids like me, um, and going to like see you now and sort of losing their marvels a bit, marvels mm-hmm. a bit. Um, but it's just um, it's basically Tim Allen reprising his role as Santa Claus, and that the plot of it is he's, he he sort of like starts using his powers and he gives up the mantle of Santa Claus and hands it over to somebody new. And somebody new starts messing it up, loses Santa suit within the first few, within the first episode, and and um, you know, and and um, Scott Calvin, the you know, he, he was the Santa Claus, has sort of moved back to Chicago, Illinois, and is trying to settle back into a life of suburbia, but finding it really difficult. It's it's actually quite fun, um, and um, because his kid, his two children in the show, um, not Charlie in the film, but two two new children is that he's had with him. With his wife Carol or Mrs. Claus, uh, because they were born in North Pole, they were born with, with sort of like powers. One can speak to um, animals, and and the other one can sort of like see holes opening up in the sky. Uh, but it's, it's it's a really fun series. It uses um it uses sort of like Christmas mythology from around the world. Like they've got the uh, the Christmas witch Befana, uh, <laughs> Na Befana from 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 Italy in it. And um, and she 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 was sort of like the the Christmas gift you know gift giver from from Italy, um, and it, it uses uses the, the mythology quite well, um, and it's um it's just a fun it's it's just a fun overall Christmas show, um it's worth a look it's on it's on Disney Plus and they've actually commissioned the second series. Mm, cool, I didn't even nice. realize that was a show. I thought it was a movie. It's a no, it's it's a mini, like a limited series, but I guess more run run going on going now. If they did a second one, cool. Actually, I've never seen the movies, but it makes me want to go watch the movies now before I see <laughs> the show. I've seen the first one. Yeah, I've seen I've seen I've seen all three. I think the first one's the best out of them all, to be honest. But yeah. cool. All right. Well, I'll do the next one. Um, so I'm gonna take go continue the superhero theme. We go peacemaker oh. yeah yeah even if for anything just for the dance scene in the credits <laughs> best opening theme ever so i think i think james gunn i don't like everything james gunn's done in his career but uh but i do like a most a lot of his movies and, and i especially i was surprised how he does tv so i thought peacemaker was a really good tv show a nice mix of kind of raunchy little humor or humor that's a little raunchy sometimes and uh but also some action and and superhero stuff um and all the actors did a great job uh i think the the overall series just went really well i really i was very like i liked the the suicide squad but you know when i heard because peacemaker wasn't exactly likable in the super suicide squad For, yeah, if, kind if, of an asshole. yeah, he's kind of a villain in it, really, you know. And uh, so I was like, how are they going to make a series out of this? I don't know. But they they were able to do it. They made it to where he was, uh, you know, you kind of see his perspective and his father is way more evil than he could ever have been. And um, and it's a good little redemption type story for him and other characters. And, and uh, Vigilante is hilarious. Um, uh, oh, crap. What's the Joe Master? <laughs> it was funny. Eagerly, you know, there's just a lot of really <laughs> interesting characters, lots of funny moments, and uh, and kind of story that only James Gunn probably could make. <laughs> so, I don't want all my DC stuff to be like that, but I do like that. I, I would do, I would like to see some more Peacemaker and more, you know, spinoffs and stuff too, or a spinoff. So, yeah, this this is like the number one on my list too. I love the show so much, like, right? It's it's so hilarious. <laughs> 
Like John Cena is amazing. Like as Peacemaker, like he is just perfect in this role. Mm -hmm. uh, you're right. Freddie Stroma as Vigilante was so funny too. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like yeah, Napoleon I mean, Dynamite yeah. if he was in Punisher or me. <laughs> what? Napoleon Dynamite if he was oh, Punisher. <laughs> yeah. Is that how they call it? Or you just came up with that? I don't That's what I think of it. I don't know. Oh, okay. That's, that's, a good, that's a good pitch. Yeah. No, but I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a fun storyline and the action's good. The characters are all very, you know, different and unique, but likable in their own ways, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, the fact that it's kind of like so off the wall and goofball-y, um, it just really makes us a very appealing show. Cool. Um, and, oh yeah, Jeff, and so what's your pick? Okay. <clears throat> so after Peacemaker, Star Trek Strange New World is on my list. Um, I am a huge Star Trek fan, Deep Space Nine uh, and Next Gen are two, probably my two favorite shows of all time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the more current Star Trek things like Discovery, uh, I have not been a fan of at all. Uh, I don't even watch those after the pilot. Um, so Strange New Worlds was uh, very, very uh, great to see because I felt it went back to what, what my Star Trek, like what I want to see out of Star Trek. Um, I feel like it was very back kind of to the original ideas and with characters that are really likable, touching on like some social issues and, and some more important topics um and doing it very very uh nicely um and with a deft touch um captain pike um hit it, on it. what hit it oh okay that's what he says <laughs> when he goes to warp uh somehow he makes that work because it's really goofy but yeah he makes it work but honestly like dude this is how good after like the first episode i was like oh my god he might be my favorite captain now and i didn't think anybody would be a top captain picard for me but like he is awesome uh captain like uh anson mount this like such so good like that's the captain i want to serve under and ethan peck like i can't believe anybody could be that good at spock after leonard nimoy i i think, I think ethan peck's actually the best since nimoy oh yeah. easily easily he's you like know, he yeah. is spock the whole cast is good though like the cast is really great again like these are characters i really care about which has been lacking in some of the other Star Trek things of recent like even the picard show which i kind of like i couldn't get through season two like i think you're probably gonna like season three though because i've got the, yeah. the i know everybody's again. back but i'm still not excited uh i want to see peaceful <laughs> warp i want it because he's my favorite i want to see like a pacifist warp that's interesting that he curses like a sailor <laughs> Does he? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, what? That'd be funny because he really didn't curse unless maybe in Klingon he did. <laughs> but yeah, like this, I feel like this is Star Trek getting back to like, you know, again, mm -hmm. I know, I know everyone has a different idea of Star Trek depending on what you grew up with, but like what I want to see out of Star Trek. Yeah. I, think, I think they nailed it. I, yeah. I, I agree. I, I think they absolutely nailed it. Uh, I've watched every single episode of that show about three times since it, since aired and I've not done that at all with Discovery. No, yeah, I, I, uh, I do watch all the Star Trek shows, but, uh, uh, Strange New Worlds is the is my favorite by far, and I feel like it encapsulates much like you said, Jeff. What I like about Star Trek, I, I think it's interesting that they're episodic. Yes, <clears throat> I think it's I think it shows the strength of good episodic storytelling, you know, with plot threads that run throughout the season, but still have good standalone stories too. And um, and yeah, and I like how it's more uplifting and hopeful and explores themes and stuff. What did you guys reckon to Nan Noonien Singh? What do we think about her? Yeah, as a, as a character, because I, 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 I liked her. I, I'm, I'm the same, you know, I kind of, uh, I was a bit dubious at first, obviously because of, of Khan and stuff like that. But, you know, once, once I'd seen her and seen, seen what a good job uh, the, the actor did with the role, um, being a bit biased actually, but I actually liked what she did with role before I actually interviewed her for the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, nice. 
um, it's sort of like um, I I, I kind of liked her right away, and um, especially in the episode where 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 all her nightmares come real, you know, with the gone and stuff. Yeah, like. well, I think she showed a range too. Whenever she's a princess and has that her dog, <laughs> that was a fun episode, the fantasy yeah, episode. That, that, yeah. that was actually her dog as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah she has it on social media all the time. Yeah, I, I think I like all the characters. I like there's actually nobody I like dislike really on the show. I was a bit upset at the death of the uh, Andorian engineer. <clears throat> yeah, I was really, uh, really spoiler upset. alert. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone's seen it now, Jeff. You know, hey, I haven't. You, you, yeah, listen, cat, cat ruined one for you, Ian. You ruined, you ruined one for her. Revenge, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, so, yeah. So anybody like Star Trek has to watch that. I think Discovery does get better after season after at least season three on, but still, it's, it doesn't feel like like Star Trek. I love it when people tell me, "Listen, you just got to get the season three. Well, they had to get past the Klingons because that was such a it's, it's such so. However, I will say though, I don't think Next Gen got really good until season three either. So I think you have to get through two seasons of crap on that too. So it's true. And yeah. Discovery was at you know they were the first one, so they have you know I think they course corrected you know once they saw people's reactions huh in tng there was a handful of good episodes in the first two seasons i mean measure of the second season has some first season that's like flushing down the toilet <laughs> that whole season all right well we're gonna move on from now from that jeff so okay catherine what's what do you got what's your pick all right my my favorite was andor for this year um i loved that show um to me it was like the most there there have been a whole bunch of recent star wars type shows that have come out in the last couple of years but this this of all of them is my favorite um because it was just so gritty and raw and um i like that it had you know dress class issues incarceration political oppression stuff but like the whole time it's just sweeping you away with action like non-stop action and intensity you know felt like a you know kind of crime heist at one point you know it all all sorts of different things like I just think it's a really cool show. I think the actors are all doing really well. Yeah, um, the Prison Break was well written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like so such an intense uh, episode. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for you know the next season. A little sad. I have to wait so long. I don't know when it's coming out, but I wish it was you know right away. <laughs> but anyway, so that was my favorite of the year. Nice. Mm. I've only watched the first two episodes so far. They got interrupted. By some... Oh, I've been doing, okay. I've been doing You're gonna enjoy it. I've been doing Buffy rewatch for Urban Fantasy track for uh, Dragon Con, so uh, uh, that's what consumes my time. That's why I, some of these movies are on my to, to watch list. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Ian, what's your round oh, two? Oh, it's round two. Round two for me. Um, I think as soon as I don't think anyone else has it um, on the list, I'm going to go with Warrior Nun, um, which has been cancelled sadly uh, because Netflix that's just likes to all right disappoint people and get them into stuff and then cancel it. Uh, but basically. It's based on a, a 90s comic book and um, it's about a, a paraplegic young woman. Um, she, she's an orphan and um, she dies and in, when, when she's taken to the morgue and um, they, they, there's, a, there's a, a cult of nuns within the Catholic Church who fight demonic entities and demons and stuff like that. Called, I think they're called the OCS or something. And uh, the, the leader of their group is called, you know, is like the warrior nun. Um, and she has a, um, the halo of an angel. It's kind of like embossed in, 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 in her back. And th this halo gives her supernatural abilities in order to help fight demons. And um, and basically, um, this this uh, young young girl, she's called Eva. A Ava. She 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 dies, and uh, one, one, someone puts this halo in her back, and she comes back. 
alive and she ends up fighting uh, the demons. The series actually launched during lockdown in 2020, um, but the second season of it came out this year, which is why, why, why I've chose it. And, um, you know, it's worth a watch, you know, just just watch the whole series, get the Netflix numbers up, see if, see if you can change their minds. I don't think you will, but, you know. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, I, 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 will, I will say it starts off a little bit slow, as in the first, the first, it takes to about episode three of the first season to get going. Um, but once it gets going, it's a, uh, it's really, it's really intriguing uh, storyline and with, with lots of great uh, martial arts fight scenes and, and action. And um, and and the shotguns and and shotguns and there's even a little bit of another story in it which kind of comes into season two, but it's kind of hinted at in season one sort of thing. But it's, it's it uses uses a lot of the Roman Catholic mythology really really well. Um, you know, so it even comes up with stuff that even I can't. You know, even I I'd actually forgotten, and I was raised Roman Catholic. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, all right. So my second round pick is Wednesday. And um, recently came out Netflix and um, Tim Burton directed. It was the it's the Smallville showrunners, right? They're the showrunners of the show, Jeff. Uh, sure. Wednesday, are they? I think so. Go, Alfred Go and Miles Millar. Yep, yep, yep. They are. I did not know that. And uh, Jenny Ortega, who's in a lot of all sorts of stuff, Scream and X and a bunch of other uh, stuff out there. Uh, she does a great job as this as Wednesday. It's a nice. She gets in trouble at school, standing up for her brother. You know, she throws some piranhas in a swimming pool with a bunch of bullies, kind of gets her in trouble. And, and uh, she, so she ends up going to this uh, academy, private academy school that her mom, Morticia, w- w- uh, went to, or I guess both her parents, actually. And um, and it, it's for outcasts. And they're all different kinds of like the werewolves and vampires and, and gorgons and, and sirens and stuff like that. That was and I went to. <laughs> and uh, and even then in a, in a school of outcasts, she's still kind of a, a loner <laughs> person. Um, so it's interesting to see them play with. And then there's a murder mystery and everything going on. So it's sort of like a little bit. Of, it's like it's like Adam's family meets a touch of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. meets a touch of like uh, Nancy Drew, I guess, or something like that. And uh, and uh, it's pretty good, pretty good. It's pretty funny. Uh, it, it's it's you know uh, kind of dark in a way, but it's still family friendly overall. I mean, maybe not little kids, but it's not like super gory or anything. But um, <clears throat> so I thought I think it's a uh, it's got that Tim Burton flair to the visuals and everything. And uh, uh, I think it's already been renewed for season two. Hopefully, and Netflix won't change your minds. But uh, mm-hmm. but it's the most watched show they've had since. Stranger Things and um, and the Dahmer show and stuff, so it's definitely very popular and and uh, of course a big into in pop culture right now for just a dance scene only. See dancing, everybody, you need to put a dance scene in your thing, and then you're going to be great. A goofy dance scene in your show, and you will be a hit. <laughs> I think right. we've unlocked the formula. <laughs> so what? Let me ask you this: How is the tone? I've been told this is quite dark. If it is, that's why I've been avoiding it. I mean, I don't know. It's dark, but then it's like, like you know, it's not. It's dark but wholesome. It's kind of weird. It's like huh. it's because <laughs> she's like she'll say stuff, but then it's like like about murder or something. But she, you know, from her action stuff, she's not actually going to murder anybody or anything. So. Same with her parents and stuff, and I guess that's the Adams family kind of kind of right. take, right? 
uh, they don't actually like murder people or do anything really evil or anything. And uh, uh, they just have, they're like the super goths before goths are around, I guess. <laughs> and it's interesting. I look back at Adam's family after that, because I was like, oh, I didn't realize like, you know, that look for Gomez, it's kind of like how the cartoon was. And and the original is originally like panels, like from the, was it thirties or something like, like, like cartoon panels and, and, and the New Yorker, I think. And that's where it all kind of started from. And eventually, you know, we got uh, animation and TV show and everything. So it's kind of interesting history for it. Um, but anyway, it's a good show. It's really interesting. I don't know if it's too dark for you or not, Jeff, give it a try. See, you know, maybe watch one episode. And, um, Just watch the dancing. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's episode four. Okay. <laughs> um but yeah it's it's a it's definitely interesting show it's definitely different than anything uh that i've seen out there so it's a curious mix all right what's yours jeff all right my next one is halo based on the very popular long-running video game series um i uh i really enjoyed the show um it's really Mm -hmm. good sci-fi show um outside of this is not the most important part uh but the visual effects on the show may be the best i've ever seen in any show ever uh like i cannot believe how good the aliens which i can't remember the names of them look right now um i just but anyway the master chief is the star of this pablo schreiber plays him um uh it's a great protagonist like uh it's a it's a cool story too like him trying to i mean he so he is a he's a marine a space marine you know and he's he's kind of been as a kid uh, like educating this thing to be the marine and protect see i'm forgetting what because i'm not as well versed in halo stuff but whatever they're called you know, whatever yeah he's a spartan but whatever the earth like alliance or whatever it's called oh, yeah or the you know you know i don't know whatever the united like federation of planets type idea right yeah um and uh but it's also there's like other things going on with like what happened in his past what's been hidden from him um a lot of interesting things comes out and and how does that affects him and and the other spartans as well um so generally i found i think mark you're one of them if you're not super into the games like i've only played a little bit of halo i do not really know anything much of the mythos you enjoyed this series if you're big into the video games you might have criticisms and that's it's always going to be a problem when you're anybody if you're super into one thing and they try to adapt it to something else like cowboy bebop last year which was my number one on the show i said mm. and a lot of people who love the anime didn't like it um mm. i know it's always going to be a challenge right uh when you're so invested in something for me again i always think i mean it didn't affect me here right because i had no i didn't care about i didn't have any investment in halo but I guess I would always say is like, try to approach it as a completely different take on this subject matter, right? Or this, uh, this IP, yeah. uh, because I'm sure it is different than the game, but whatever they did, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. Um, Halo and Star Trek Strange New Worlds. This is weird, actually. Um, this is a weird thing about Paramount Plus here in the UK. Um, well, Halo and Star Trek Strange New Worlds were two of the launch shows for, for, for um, Paramount in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Paramount in the UK doesn't have Picard or um, or that animated Star Trek one. It's basically the only shows it's carrying is Discovery, um, Strange New Worlds and uh, Star Trek Prodigy and, and all, all the original sort of classic tracks and TNG and stuff like that. Uh, it doesn't carry uh, Lower Decks, Decks. or uh, Picard because hmm. Amazon have the, have the rights to those at the moment here in the UK. So it's really weird. <laughs> so so do, when, when that launched here, the only shows I had was, you know, that, that I watched right away were Hango and uh, SMW. And I just went into Hango with an open mind, never played the games, uh, never really been interested in the games. So I'm not really a, a huge fan of shoot 'em shoot 'em ups. 
sort of thing. So, but yeah, as you say, it's a good story. There's some really, really decent world building in there. Uh, the characters are intriguing. The character backstory is really interesting, and you know, yeah, it kept me interested. Yeah, I liked Halo. It was. <laughs> Aaron, the same time as Picard. And oddly, you know, I love Picard. I like the character of Picard. <laughs> but that season of Picard was pretty dark. And I was just kind of like, eh, I'll wait. I'll watch Halo first. Then I'll get to Picard later this week. Because it's like, this is more straightforward. <laughs> and just, it was just more fun, you know. And, uh, uh, but I didn't, you know, I was on a panel at a Dragon Con for Halo. And everybody else in that panel hated Halo. They all talked first. They're all like, yeah, it's terrible. Why is it so terrible? It's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, uh, I kind of liked it, actually. <laughs> So I was like, I was like reverse. Thank God you were on it. <laughs> yeah. Like I would have been honest. I had a conflict, but that's, I don't get it. Like I don't put myself on panels when I like, I hate shows. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> yeah Cause I, you know, even if I, well, I don't know. It, I, even if I saw the game, I would, I hope I could try to separate myself a little bit from it. Cause you can't follow the same kind of plot beats as the game's going to have. And you gotta, you know, you gotta introduce other characters and have them have personality. You're not controlling the lead character. They gotta have like agency and and their own personality and stuff. And exactly. And and I'm not a big. Uh, I like video games, but I don't play much anymore because they suck up my time. I need to write. <laughs> it's, mm. it's I'm so bad about it that I thought Jeff, I was gonna, I was like, oh, I'll watch this and I'll talk to Jeff about it because he loves this because I thought it was Mass Effect. <laughs> Wait, you, what, you thought Halo was Mass Effect? Yeah, I got him confused and thought they're just the same game. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. So that's how bad I'm, I'm at my video games. But um, but I found it to be yeah. an enjoyable game. There's only one thing I didn't like about Halo. Only one thing. That that girl. Quan. Uh, yeah, Quan. Uh, that storyline was, wasn't that good, no. No, she was okay at first. But then like that one where she was mainly the star with, uh, with the uh, former Spartan. Yeah, I just couldn't stand her, and she got everybody killed, and it was just like, I, it was just not a good story. She, she became kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah, that's the only. But again, at least she's not the main story. You know, no, they, she just disappeared. I don't know. It'd be yeah. funny if she never returns. <laughs> just randomly, she's like, ah, who knows what happened to her in that plan? <laughs> I will say they did definitely try to work in some of the game elements because there's times like where it actually switches the first person perspective from the Spartans' view. Yeah, um, from Master Chief's view, which is like how the game is. So they definitely did try to work some of that in. You know. Yeah. All right, Cat Catherine. See if okay, I am going to uh, I'm going to go with my second and third choice at once because they're kind of a tie for me. Cool. Um, so the the first one is the uh, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, mm-hmm. uh, and the second one is the House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought they were both really great shows. Um, and but you know a little bit like shows I kept on watching, but the pacing was a little slow. You know, so mm-hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't um, like it was it's they're interesting choices for me because I love both of them. But at the same time, um, I mostly was just committed at certain points in the season for both of them. I was like, well, I just need to see how it's going to turn out. And that's why I kept on watching. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but the reason they both ended up on this list and in a tie is I think they both ended their season so well Mm -hmm. um, that whatever shortcomings I might have had earlier on, I think I I, I forgave them. Um, I enjoy yeah. Lord of the Rings slightly more than the Game of Thrones prequel because I know what's going to happen in the Game of Thrones series prequel. Right, right. There's that. Yeah. So House of the Dragon is probably more exciting. Actually, both of the shows, if you um, don't really know, but, um, you know what to expect, uh, which I didn't actually. I, I didn't. I hadn't read the. Um, it's on my bookshelf, but I hadn't actually read the George R. R. Martin book, mm. so it, I was able to be surprised by it. But I think I would. I you know I think I would have enjoyed 
it even if I, I knew what was going to happen, but um, just because the characterization in that one I thought was so good. Um, but yeah, so those those two were a tie for me for similar reasons, but awesome. I, I enjoyed both. Well, I liked Rings of Power so much that I actually, after watching the finale, I ended up binge watching The Hobbit, Destination oh, of Smog, and The Battle of the Five Armies, Fellowship of the Rings. <laughs> wow, that's excellent. <laughs> I, I sort of binged all, all those films over over the period of um, of, of three weeks and yeah. immediately after watching the series. Yeah, nice. I liked I also liked Reigns of Power a little bit better just because I'm tired, I'm a little tired of Grim Dark fantasy, right? You know, I kind of had yeah. that with Game of Thrones. Uh, but I did like the, you know, both of them, the the production value, cinematography are all amazing. And uh, it's Matt Smith, right? Hopefully I'm getting the right yeah, doctor here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he he does a great job being a villain in, in there and uh, in the uh, House of Dragon. So um, so they're both really strong in their different ways. But I, I watched two episodes of House of Dragon. I'm like, uh, I'll get back to it later because it's like uh, so much murder, needless killing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of like the slightly more heroic uh, fantasy, which I need to watch Willow still because I'm sure that's. I, yeah, also. same. I haven't had a chance to watch it. I've yet. seen. I've seen the uh, first three. Nice. Okay. All right, let's do round three. And Ian, what's your pick? Okay, well, I'm gonna go with. Um, it's not a science fiction fantasy show. Um, it's based on a book series, Reacher. Oh yeah, and, uh, I love Reacher. You know, and long last, uh, they've got they've got they've got the character from from Lee Chow's book pretty much right as in the guy that was cast in the series was perfect casting really because he's pretty much as described in the book almost and and not not a five foot nothing like uh like tom cruise <laughs> you know because mm-hmm. you know, in the books reaches seriously he's a big guy <laughs> mm-hmm. um and you know I, I just like the series it was actually a pretty good it was a pretty good um adaptation of the uh, of the first um of the first reacher book and you know i really enjoyed the, the series um i i actually binged a whole lot in a single weekend which is kind of rare for me nice so i i I'm, I've, I've gone with that because i'm conscious that jeff's got a um, I'm hoping he's going to mention it as he has his next one uh you know the initials ql <laughs> Because you know, I'd like to circle in with him and that as well. Oh, yeah, I'd like to hear what he has to say about that. Nice, um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Reacher. I love Reacher, um, and I think they did a great job. That actor who played uh Aquaman in Smallville, I believe, <laughs> he he uh he does an amazing job in there. It's great action, great thriller, um, and actually got me to start reading the books. Um, my pick, my next pick, uh, is Severance. So I've just now started watching Apple Plus and uh, got like a real good deal on it. So I was like, why not try it out? I've heard great, good things about some of their shows. And, uh, and I think so far Severance, Ted Lasso is great too, but Severance is my favorite so far. And, uh, I think it's just this great science fiction sci-fi story where the concept is that people go this through the severance process. Um, they, when they go to work, they lose all memory of their non-work life and then when they leave work they lose all memory of their work life so that basically it starts creating two personalities basically you know at that point when they split and um and you know and, and they it's interesting like how they treat the employees because the employees really know nothing about the world out there like they have no memories of prior to being in the, in the office so in some ways uh you know like like the 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 book by the company owner is almost as precious to them as a bible or something <laughs> and uh and so it's it's really interesting you know uh commentary on corporate you know work life i guess 
and uh but also great sci-fi thriller because it's you know this is questionable kind of ethics and stuff and then there's someone who's escaped and and then who's who dies and i know all this you know mystery stuff going on too and it's really funny and at times and really interesting story yeah I, i've cancelled my uh apple subscription for the time being um just just throwing it a while um but a show that's on there that um i don't think many people have checked out is uh for all mankind yeah i haven't watched it yet but yeah, I it's a really really cool show yeah they got a bunch of good stuff invasion made me mad though so that's (laughs) severance sounds cool though yeah i think it's worth watching it just you know the performances are amazing and uh yeah it's a great show um yeah jeff so all right i was gonna do an honorable mention but since ian mentioned it and it was super close i guess i'll do a quick tie here um (laughs) so he gets to talk about this too first of all i'll start with uh the gilded age which is uh, a show from julian fellows who did downton abbey uh but instead of in england it's set in america in the late 1800s uh hence the title of the show um it's just uh you know it's about like these wealthy uh, people in new york city and the like kind of the new money uh which is like people in the like kind of industrialists and like the railroad tycoons and people coming up and stuff like that um but uh, really, it's good. Really good actors, and it's very. It's kind of like very addictive storylines and stuff, and and all the kind of like the different stuff going on, the machinations trying to work your way up in society. So very different than the other sci-fi stuff I've been mentioning and fantasy stuff I usually watch. But uh, it's very oh, enjoyable. It's steampunk. It's not. Oh, that'd be cool if they worked in some steampunk to it. Then it would be. Yeah, then we like sci. Uh, Ten years from now, they'll reboot it in steampunk. <laughs> right, like how Riverdale they became superheroes. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, the show Ian wanted me to mention, which I was very close to putting number three, uh, is Quantum Leap Reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was a big fan of the original Quantum Leap with Scott Bakula, good old Sam Beckett in the 90s. Uh, so this is how I've been saying, I think every show that's going to reboot should take a lesson from Quantum Leap. This is the correct way to do a reboot. You keep the, the storyline that exists and you work it in with new characters. So Sam Beckett, all that stuff, none of that's, re- that actually all exists still. Sam is somewhere out there in leaping around as far as we know. But there is this new guy, Ben, scientist who restarted the Quantum Leap Project. And then he for, and actually it's very interesting for a reason, actually, well, we just found out about in like the halfway through the season, why he went back. Cause he, he goes and leaps before no anyone expected him to. <laughs> Now, I'm not spoiling anything, actually. I'm mm-hmm. not, not going to say why. But you find out right away in the first episode, he leaps before the team is ready for him to do it. And kind of the thing is, why has he done that? Why has he kept secrets from these people um, as he leaps between different things? But like, like Sam Beckett, Ben Soong, the new protagonist, is a very likable character. He's always trying to do the right thing. Um, I'm not totally sold on all the supporting cast, though they are growing on me as the series goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and overall, I think it, they've done a really nice job. I'm very happily surprised. Um, and, I, and I hope the show keeps going forward. And I hope it goes long enough that Scott, Sam Beckett finally returns home because I hated that finale of Quantum. Uh, it's oh, been yeah. renewed so for depressing. a second season. What is that? It's been renewed for a second season. It has been renewed? Oh, yes. Thank you. That's good news, uh, Ian. But yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. Although I'm not, I'm kind of running hot and cold about uh, the hologram Addison and, and Reaper being involved. That's not I'm, totally I'm not working really, for me either, yeah. I'm not really a big fan of shipping in, 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 in fan fiction or or any sort of fiction, to be honest. Um, but as you say, the storyline's really been intriguing. I like the fact that we've got uh, the, you know, Owl's daughter. Yes, Owl's daughter's in it, which is a nice time. And, and, um, and, and that. And there's always a chance that they could bring back Sam Beckett. 
you know, they've, they've left the door open for him. Mm-hmm. You know, if Scott back out, back in, he wants to come back. Um, he said that he didn't, um, for, for for whatever reason. Um, but you know, you never know. He, you know, it could it could still happen. Never say never. That's because he got trapped in a body in the far future as captain of the Enterprise, and he's just good. <laughs> he's got a dog. That's right. <laughs> He loved it there so much. <laughs> he kind of got stuck in that when, and then leaped over to, uh, where is it? Uh, NCIS. Uh, NCIS. <laughs> uh, what is it, New Orleans or something? Or? New Orleans. Oh, uh, yeah. And he's now in a cowboy. He's in a that cow- is kind of funny to think, all those different roles have just been him leaping. He <laughs> leaped into that magician that he played, though. That, that move, what was that movie he did where he played a magician? Oh, Book of Blood or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, the Clive Barker movie. Yeah. He also, he also leaked into the uh, into into the uh, guy that did uh, the, the cyber terrorism thing. It was like they did a TV miniseries of it. It was based on a, a John Grisham novel. Oh yeah, I don't know what that is. Well, I, I also enjoy Quantum Leap. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised. I'm not completely caught up yet, but, but I've enjoyed it. Watching on Peacock, I went and got it. I'm watching it Peacock. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I've been pleasantly surprised. I think that is how you should do. I mean, I feel like unless you're unless you're going to go in a dramatically new direction and you have a good creative reason for to do that, I think you should just move forward in the story. It's definitely not doing prequels like Star Trek Strange New Worlds being one exception. Mm-hmm. Most prequels for me just don't work. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, like Discovery. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not sure if we're in the minority because there seems to be still a lot of hate for the new Quantum Leap. You know, a lot of, uh... is it really? Well, I'm not surprised at that. There's always going to be that for new reboots. Well, people right? need to be hate, quit hating. I know. It's like, just... if you don't want any more Quam Leap, just don't watch. Yeah, <laughs> That's that. the thing. If I don't like it, I just don't watch it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't like the new Scooby Doo, so I don't watch it. You know, yeah, you know, I have not watched, I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back in the day. There's many multiple variations. I'm not even, I don't even know they're good or not because I just haven't watched them because I just didn't care. Right. <laughs> I don't hate on them though. Uh, Kat's got a message in the uh, chat. Oh. I think she just met because she did two. But you, she can do another one, right? She did two on the last one, but I just did a tie, so it's fine. Um, um, you, you can go. Why don't you start off our bonus round? How about that? We're honorable. All right. Going <laughs> <laughs> um, a tie would be third round choice as well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Uh, should, should I go straight into bonus, or should I? Oh, if you have a third, I pick, get two two bonuses. <laughs> if you have a third pick, go for it, and then we'll then we'll do uh, like an honorable mention after that. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so I guess um, another choice for me would be I really liked the latest Stranger Things Stranger Things season. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't my favorite. Um, but I but I still really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I think at this point I'm the as far as characters go, I think I'm pretty firmly Team Murray, <laughs> the the journalist <laughs> character. Like I know it's supposed to be about the kids, but I I really I I'd just watch a spinoff of him. <laughs> I think. <laughs> if they had one but he was uh he was my favorite by far of his adventures in this this past season but i thought it was good in general he did a little crowded kid would you say he did a little crowded kid action he did it was awesome (laughs) (laughs) his his intense training against a a teenager or something (laughs) from his class I also yeah. liked, uh, I'm, I hope I'm not getting the name wrong, Eddie, right? The, yeah. Eddie, yeah. Yeah. 
that yeah, was, he was great. That was a great character. Really great, yeah, yeah I, I loved the season of Stranger Things. I thought it was, I mean, it was like an epic movie, right? I'm, I'm impressed mm-hmm. how the Duffer brothers have uh, managed to do this these on this large ensemble cast with multiple threads that they tie together somehow every time. So yeah, it's really complicated, but but yeah, I think then I can pull it off as well. Yeah, and I, I think you know I I don't really have a favorite character. I know all the characters in it. Yeah, there's not many I don't like. The the pizza dude he was getting a little a little much after a while. The bro guy like well, yeah man. <laughs> um all right let's let's do our final round of tv with honorable mentions and let's start off with ian oh um well let's see what uh, um leverage redemption uh second season staring at a moment on freebie um and you know when when they bought it back last year i was a little bit uh dubious about whether to be able to reboot it and whether it you know feel the same or, or stuff like that it doesn't feel the same it's different but it's still good it's still good fun it's you know the same farming it's different con every week and um you know it's kind of like robin hood song like things you know the the, the con artist um you know screwing over the wealthy that have screwed over somebody else sort of thing Mm-hmm. you know in, the, in the order to help these people out and it's just sort of like um I, i'm just loving it um you know it's sort of like um you know christian kane's uh bringing me grumpy and uh you know sort of like a kick-ass character and, and i think you know the sophie sophie Devereaux is now leading the group um and it's more interesting with her meeting because I like her, you know, because she was she wasn't originally the leader of the group. Um, and it's it's more interesting seeing her lead, um, especially in the first season and a little bit now in the second. Um, Otis Hodge isn't in it as much, obviously, but he's still he's still there as a recurring a, a character. And basically, the premise of this one is uh, leverage has now become sort of like a worldwide company. And they've got networks of con artists working for them to sort of like uh, you know take 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 out the trash so to speak with all these sort of like uh, corrupt corporations and corrupt millionaires and billionaires and and stuff like that. So um, I, I you know I kind of wish it was real that there was a real leverage company out there. <laughs> <laughs> Be nice, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I just love the concept of the show and, and the characters and you know. The stories, um, some of them can be pretty basic, but some of them can be more complex. You know, it's just um, it's just a fun show. It can't, it's, it's, it's very much a throwback to what TV used to be like in the 80s, in, 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 in a sense. Cool. Yeah, I love Leverage and glad the show came back. Um, all right. So my bonus pick, um, well, honorable, honorable mention that I won't say much more else about because I talked a lot about Marvel, is their special presentations with Werewolf, the Werewolf, uh, uh, oh my gosh! Yes, Werewolf by Night. Uh, everyone's saying Werewolf for the Night or something. <laughs> Werewolf by Night, and then Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Two very totally different uh, ones, but I thought it was genius. It just they were just so experimental and different. And they're a lot of fun one shots. But my other show show um, that I mentioned, that I don't think anybody else is going to mention. Probably, probably a lot of you haven't seen it. <laughs> is from because it's on Epix, I believe. And that show is sort of like a darker version of Lost in a way, where it's the idea. Actually, the actor uh, was is it Harold something? He 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 was he was in Lost, and he um, the actor was. And this character is a father um, who gets stuck in this town, uh, where basically there's this town somewhere in America where you can come up up to it. You could drive up to it, you know, randomly from anywhere in America, and then you're stuck in it. And so people randomly get stuck in this town. 
Like if you go, if you keep driving on the road, you'll just loop in a circle. And every night these monsters come out and will kill anybody that's, that's, that's outside. And then they'll try to tempt you to, to let them in kind of like old school vampire kind of idea. Um, oh, and so, it sounds familiar. I've not seen it, but I promise uh, it sounds like um, here in the UK, the sci-fi channel, um, SYFY has actually rebranded and it's now called the sci-fi channel you know you know yeah. s-e-i-f-i in the uk yes yeah. well it's not in the u.s either but yeah and uh from was basically the show that launched that here in the uk so well from's a new show one not checked out yet but... okay well from's new uh, season two's coming out soon and and so it's a mystery thing right it's like uh, some new people come there they're kind of like how is this possible how do we get electricity what's this town it's like a 50s looking town you know you know, people are getting killed left and right and more people get replaced and, you know, as they come in and, and they're just trying to figure out like they, they use these, they found these ruins that like keep the monsters out of buildings, but then like, where are these ruins come from and what's out in the forest? And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a layer of mystery upon mystery upon mystery, like, like lost, but I feel like they actually have an idea where they're going with it. And they have this very wide range of characters who at first they're separate in two different groups where one's more like families stay together in their, ta- in their towns and we have like a sheriff and stuff. And, and, uh, and then the other ones are like in this giant town, this giant uh, like mansion house who just kind of live and, and they're like, well, let's just do whatever we want and party. Cause you never know if we're going to, we'll never make it home and we might die and stuff. So let's just be like a little, like a hippie community or something. <laughs> so it's an interesting series. Uh, it's a little different than I've seen before, and it's I'm just really curious to see where it goes. And most people don't know it exists because it's on epics that nobody watches. <laughs> it's the same channel that shows Pennyworth, right? Uh, yeah, well, Penny, yes, yes, that's where Pennyworth came from. Now, and Pennyworth three is on at least in the U.S. It's on HBO Max. But yeah, mm-hmm. all right, Jeff. All right, actually, so just looking at the spreadsheet we've shared, and Mark's one on your list. I totally forgot about it. Should have been on my list. Archive eighty one. Yeah, um, amazing. Like I guess psychological sci-fi thriller, um, which like has storyline popping between two characters, one in the present, one in the past, and how those storylines merge. Uh, but fantastic acting. It, this is show is riveting. Like I just could not stop watching the show. Um, I have no idea if Netflix, I think it's a Netflix show, right? It's going to continue it. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's canceled. Sorry. I, I figured, I figured it was, uh, <laughs> any show that's that good. I figured they're going to cancel it. Uh, anyway, but, but here's the thing. The show is completely contained as its own season. I feel still or contained enough, I would say, um, to watch it, even though it got canceled. Archive 81, um, real quick, two other ones. Blade Runner, Black Lotus. I actually mentioned this last year, but the second half of the season aired in 2022. Um, Probably my favorite Blade Runner ever, to be honest with you. It's an animated series um, taking place, I think, uh, before Blade Runner 20, whatever the fuck it was, 2040. I don't know. What was it? 2049? Whatever the year was. I don't was. remember. Um, and it took it, me that long to get through it. But Jessica Henwick plays the uh, lead. She's great in it. I love her. And last one is the Disney Plus show, which unfortunately also got canceled, but Ultraviolet and Black Scorpion, a really fun soup take on the superhero thing. It's about a Latino family and the daughter who's in junior high finds a lucha mask that gives her superpowers. Awesome. And, and then there's a live then, action or animated live action, okay. live action. And then she finds out her uncle has a lucha mask and he is the famed Black Scorpion hero that's been protecting the city. And he starts training her and they have a wonderful dynamic because she's all energetic and peppy and wants to go on Instagram to promote herself. And he's all serious and like, hey, you can't do that. You're a superhero, blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. 
Um, so it just it's it's a wonderful cast, um, and uh, it's a bummer that it's over with. But uh, well, I, I have I've only watched about half of it, so I still got the least, at least the rest, second half of the season to watch. Um, it's again, it's a fun, just a fun uh, superhero take. I haven't heard of that one. I have to check it out. Yeah, I just discussed. They did not advertise it well at all because I just happened to be browsing through and said, "What? The, well, what's this? What's this?" this oh yeah, stuff. Disney Plus is not very uh, friendly to running it, to finding things. There's quite a lot of stuff like on Disney Plus that do not advertise too well. That you, you know, yeah, so it's so weird when shows don't succeed when they don't advertise. <laughs> it's crazy. How does how, how, that work? <laughs> um and how about you Catherine all right um I'm gonna go with another Star Wars show so I thought Obi-Wan Kenobi was really good mm -hmm. um it didn't blow my mind the way Andor did uh because it's it's a more classic kind of Star Wars story but I thought it was really solid I thought it was really fun I looked forward to every episode so like they didn't they didn't mess up they didn't go wrong with it so it was yeah. just solid I was very pleasant surprised I love little yeah. Leia in that yeah. yeah she was great that's my favorite part <laughs> I love the lightsaber fight in the finale mm, that yeah. was cool awesome. that had some really good moments well, nice so yeah uh, yeah i don't think i do want to throw out a couple more quick the boys and superman lois mm. two extremely different tonally uh superhero shows <laughs> yeah, <very. laughs> uh, i'm looking forward to more boys and and the spinoff and uh but i'm also look I, I hope superman lois continues on if not on cw maybe on HBO Max or something because I think it's a good take on I Superman. Think, I think there's a third season of it coming up next month. There is. I hope there's another season. You know, I hope it's still in the future. Yeah. I was talking to Francis this week on Super Geek Dub about how that's the last show remaining in the superhero CW shows. We're used to have like five shows on at once. You know. Well, it's like not it, even part of the Arrowverse, really. So. I know, but it's the last like superhero show that exists on CW right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just finished with Stargirl. Yeah. But that got canceled. Yeah. Francis says now. Stargirl. Yeah, that got canceled. Yeah. So like, it's crazy though, right? That used to be like I watched everything. All the superhero on the CW, and now it's like there's nothing virtually. Yeah, I think the, I think what's going to happen is next year, or well, maybe uh, the year after that, because the contract stuff. I think it's just going to turn into reality TV crazy. You know, oh, because the stuff. because Discovery owns the CW now too, right? Because it's part of Warner Brothers. No, it's uh, they don't own CW. It's uh, it's like um, Next oh, Star don't? or something like that. Why would all the CW shows go to HBO Max though? Then they just bought them. Well, because most of the shows of CW oh, are produced by Warner Brothers. Yeah, they're either they're mostly Warner, and there's some. Paramount, um, and and then probably some other syndicated stuff that or stuff that bought. So the mm. the actual station has been bought by Next Star, and they decide not to renew contracts because it's too expensive. They think, and they want to do a cheaper version of, of that station. The show I want to see is I want to see the I think it was a Neil somebody or other, and uh, they did they did a crossover of Green Lantern and Green Arrow while they had them touring the United States. You know, putting 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 right putting putting things to right. I mean, a comic series. It was a comic series, and they basically you know you had the, the, the dichotomy between the two characters between sort of like Green Arrow kind of being more sort of like a bit more liberal and. Yeah. Uh, and and Green Lantern sort of being a little bit more sort of like uh, I am the law sort of thing. And uh, between them, we had the one that one of the guardians that that would pop into the story as well. And and it was just basically they were on a road trip across America, and they kind of got involved in 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 different sort of like things, taking down local gangsters, and you know helping out so like drug addicts and, and stuff like that within within the within the context of it. I think it was a I can't remember the name of the writers off the top of my head, but it's actually I want to see that series made. I want to see 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 see, mm -hmm. see Don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So Mark, are you saying all the CW shows are basically going to be canceled now? Is that what you're telling me? I mean, most of them are. Homes? Most of them are. No, but so. I mean the current ones for this season that are on right now. Most of them have. So it, it's just because uh, there's still a lot of live action. I mean, some of those just like like the Winchesters and and Walker, whatever the uh, yeah, Independence. The they just started. Yeah, but they didn't. So they haven't canceled those or anything. But they they did not order a back order of Winchesters. Um, like the second half of that season. That's not a good sign. And oh, wow. And they've said that like they're well, who knows what's gonna be next year when contracts are up. Well, I don't know. We're just we, we want to make it, you know, less expensive and more reality shows and stuff. Oh, so. so both that and HBO Max are like going more that route. This is terrible. Yeah, I would hate now Winchester's anyway. I mean, I mean you know, nowadays, you know, you 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 would be assassins use glocks. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think I missed the beginning part. Yeah, I, I don't know. That was supposed to be a joke, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Winchester's, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm sure a lot of those shows, you know, will. Superman Lois has the double complexity of DC with James Gunn and the other guy. We're taking a new direction if whether or not they'll want to, you know, invest in Superman Lois moving forward. You know, that's the that's what I'm worried about with that one. But a lot of the other CW shows, I feel like, you know, some of those, if they get canceled, I feel like if they're smart, HBO Max or someone will do something with it or they'll, or they'll, they'll sell, or they'll, you know, ship it or syndicate it to someone else. So hopefully, who knows? The oh, streaming, the streaming bubble has burst, basically. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, all the, uh, all the content coming out and stuff now at their, this, the studios are like, whoa, it's back up here and stuff, and they're not gonna not gonna green light quite as much stuff. Yeah, they could rehire the actors and do animated spin-offs of the VW shows. <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, Legend of Tomorrow fans are really upset about that getting canceled, and, and I I was too led back. That got a that got a good run though. It did get I a good run. That got a really good run. I mean, I, I kind of checked out uh, about two seasons ago. Yeah, but it was still it was still it was still a decent show, and I don't know. I think the whole the whole the Arrowverse took a big blow after Crisis. Like, oh, it destroyed it. it they destroyed it pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> they did exactly what I I said on our show, DC Action Hour. I mean, Jeff, I kept saying that they better not do like a weird reboot thing where they rewrite history and stuff because I'm that that killed Witchblade, and they better not do that. That's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did, and then oh. I was like, yeah, and I just. They redid like all the villains of Flash. They're all like, "Oh, everybody's new now" and stuff. And and it was that's so when weird. I stopped watching. I was like, "Nope, yeah. I'm done." Yeah, it's just, it's not. A, it's a bad idea to do it that way. Don't ever do that, people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Um, let's go ahead and go around and say where people can find us. And uh, and I'll start with me, I guess. Mark Spile. I'm at markspile.com. You can find me also at Twitter at Mr. Marks uh, and also any publishing stuff uh, like the anthologies we do at Cabot Crossing uh, Publishing.com or Cabot Crossing.com. And Ian? Oh, you can find uh, my stuff at sci fi pulse.net. Um, been going now since 2001. Yeah, it's a long time. Right nice. just, um, you know, started in May 2001. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> but you find. Yeah, most uh, comic reviews, uh, TV show reviews, movie reviews, and um, and all 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 our opinionated stuff. There, you know, good team of writers. You know, lots of different opinions. So. Yeah, I feel like you should have been like back in two thousand one. Okay. <laughs> yes, great website. Everybody should check it out. So, all right, Jeff. Supergeekedup.com. Uh, it's the same name on YouTube. We do geeky 
live geeky improv comedy every Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. My, uh, we have superhero comedy, role-playing games up there, lots of fun stuff. Uh, I write for uh, Cat and Marks, part of the anthologies we've been doing, the dragons and monster ones. Um, you can check me out there. And also, uh, if you like things a little more spicy, I do comedic geeky erotica under RileyRoseErotica.com. And Catherine? Yes, um, I can be found best on Instagram. I'm there as Suggestionize. Suggestionize. <laughs> um, and I've moved off of Twitter, uh, and I'm experimenting with a bunch of platforms. So um, for the moment, Instagram is the place uh, for me. And next year, I'll probably be in a bunch of other things. But that's it. Yeah, I probably should move off Twitter too. I know Twitter's a mess right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting Instagram for the website and starting the personal one, but you know. Do a TikTok. Oh, no, TikTok no. in. No, not doing TikTok. Oh, see, Ian dancing around. He can do the Peacemaker and Wednesday dances. Right. Yeah, be great. You don't want to see an old guy that dancing. Come on. All right, well, thanks, everybody. Uh, thank all of you for sharing your opinions, and, uh, and thank everyone for listening to us, and hopefully you got some new shows to go check out, movies or books. And everybody have a great, great new year, and a great Christmas, holidays, and of course, in the new year for 2023. Yes, we, you too. You too. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs>